Welcome, everybody, to Heads and Tails Podcast. And as always, uh, we have a great show for you, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit. I think we booked some pretty awesome guests. Right. Warren. I think it's always a great show. I like think it's always said. a great show. Right. Everyone is number one. Right. Every show is our best show. Because that's to how the, we operate. Welcome to the best show we've ever done, guys. Right. Again. Right. <laughs> number 11 or whatever yeah. this is. Come back next month for the greatest show we've ever done. <laughs> that's correct. I think it's show number 11. Is it 11? We're recording show number 11 on 9-11. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Huh. How crazy is that, right? Wow. Is that is that serendipity? The day is the, the, day is is the 11th, and it's our 11th show. Yeah. Well, I guess this is the last show, everybody. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have on the show today uh, Corsair Distillery from Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. And uh, I was remarking to Warren that uh, I've, I've seen their label. Their label is very hard to miss. It's very... Uh, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but it's it's striking. It's hard. You know, it doesn't blend in with anything else, which, I mean, obviously is, is the point. But it's sure. not, you know, it doesn't, like, harken back to, like, an older label or kind of have some weird thing. It's just kind of bam in your face. Hmm. There's three silhouetted, you know, suited dudes walking down the street. Yeah. Very Reservoir Dogs-ish. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I like it. It's yeah. very, uh, I, I, you can already tell by the label that they're uh, they're doing some weird stuff over there <laughs> over there in Nashville. It's they're all our, about business, right? It's all of our second. Well, business casual, right? Because one of them has her shirts untucked, and I think that's business un- business casual, right? Oh, I didn't. I haven't paid attention to their label well enough. I guess yeah, well, that's too. There's literally a child screaming in the bar, just screaming. <laughs> hey, kids are great, <laughs> man. I re- I was telling. I was talking to Schumann actually today. Oh, yeah. Um, just talking about kids because he just had his third kid and I don't know why. And uh, I'm like, dude, there's something about whenever the kid screams, like I short, I sh- my brain shorts out and I can't, I can't do anything. Hmm. Like I can't focus, I can't concentrate. So I'm, I'm at home working, and the kid's like crying because we're you know putting her to sleep and she doesn't want to do it or whatever. I okay. literally can't do anything until she stops crying and falls asleep. I, I can't work, I can't send emails. Hmm. I just, I, I, I break. <laughs> and so when this kid is by the door here, shrieking. Um, which, you know, if you're going to take kids to a bar, at least make sure they don't shriek. Yeah. That'd be very nice and polite for everybody. But I literally can't. Like, I, it broke me. So I had to talk about it. So it's not just your child. It's any any child sounds? It's any child sounds, but it's only blossomed in my, in my worm-addled brain because of my child. Sure. Before yeah. you had a child... Everything it didn't fine. register. No, it was like, yeah. well, wow, that's really annoying. But now, yeah. now it actually just interrupts me. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't you're know what have it to is. go uh, console that child out there. <laughs> yeah, kind of start rocking, <laughs> just rocking back and forth. That's all you got to do. And just keep the beat, and you're fine. Da, 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 da. <laughs> go to sleep, stupid thing. <laughs> uh, we have ten samples to get through yes. today, and I really want to do it. I'm very excited. I don't know if we will because I'm already extraordinarily hungry. Hmm. So, um, well, I hear alcohol goes good with an empty stomach. You think so? Yeah. What about driving afterwards? Hmm. Is that good too? Um, I would eat something. <laughs> Don't drive on an empty stomach. Drink oh. on an empty stomach. Oh, I sucks. think that's what they say. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, here, let's get our first, well, our only guest <laughs> on the line. Uh, Colton Weinstein, head distiller at Corsair Distillery. Colton, are you there? I am. Hey, how's hey. it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Man, you sound you sound wonderfully velvety. Yes, you sound really good. You have your own you have your own podcast. You're in your in your studio. 
Uh, if that's what you want to call my basement, sure. <laughs> sure. Hey, man, we're just in a back room <laughs> in some place. You know, anything's a studio. Well, I, I, I think, Warren, what we should do moving forward is demand that every guest have their own podcast studio recording mm. space basement. Sure. Or else they can't come on. Okay. So Me you think. have two more guests now. Right. Like I said, <laughs> welcome right. to the last show, everybody. Yeah, this is going uh, to be amazing. Uh, Colton, do me a favor, man. Let's talk a little bit about your history in distilling, how you got involved in the business, and then how you ended up at Corsair. And, uh, you know, when we'll start tasting some spirits as we go along with the, uh, with the story there. Yeah, so um, I'm one of the weird ones who started uh, homebrewing at about 13 or 14. <laughs> Found out you could, you know, do that for a living. Went off to Oregon State for their fermentation program. Oh, nice. Go Beeves. <laughs> there um, you go. Once I got, I'm I'm from upstate New York, uh, and once I moved out west, I realized there were too many breweries. You know, going out there, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do my own thing, start my own brewery, and then got out west. I was like, oh god. <laughs> um, so I started getting a little more interested in spirits, looking around, uh, and I I was able to take a um, internship at Corsair. Actually, in my junior senior year, I guess they liked me and they just brought me back once I had finished <laughs> up school. Oh, that's really cool. That's cool. I mean, you, look, you're not wrong about there being too many breweries. Um, I think it's weird that there are still breweries being opened. Um. I think there's not enough distilleries. I don't know, but but then again, I'm biased. I really like spirits more than than beer. Beer's cool, um, but you know, I don't know. Spirits just uh, captivate me a little bit more. Yeah, they're the new frontier. <laughs> I heard uh, somebody recently told me that uh, whiskey is what beer wants to be when it grows up. Oh, so we're just growing up, right? Now we're growing up <laughs> into whiskey. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so how long have you been the head distiller there? Uh, I think I've been about three or four years. Um, okay. Kind of just right place, right time. People were leaving for other opportunities, and I was the only one who knew the recipe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you were the old guy. Yeah. And you're like the old like the old, like janitor that has been there since the place was born. You're like, oh, I guess I can do it. I've, I've done everything else. Why not? Uh, were they leaving yeah, or I've already, I've already got the keys. You know, you don't have to make a second set. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm already here when you get here, and I'm already here when you leave. So let's just uh, let's just go. Do you like doing that? Do you like being the head, uh, head distiller? Do you get to play around oh, yeah, a little I, bit? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I get yeah. to, you know play around it everyone knows us for our quinoa whiskey but yeah i like to try everything else um i did not send you guys a sample of that that was that was my bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay man it's uh you know i can i can find that i've seen that everywhere but the rest of the stuff for, first of all uh, let's talk about the 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 wide uh spectrum of spirits that you have i mean i was not expecting Ten. I did not know that you guys had this much product out there. Are you are so, you constantly so playing around? So I sent around? you guys um, a lot of not products. Ah, I guess. Oh. a lot oh. of finishing barrels and Hell things yeah. like that. Uh, we do have a lot of skews, though. We are <laughs> known as king of skews. We're hopefully trying to rein that in a little bit. I do. Um, I do like on your on your website, uh, CorsairDistillery dot com. By the way, uh, you have the current releases and you have your retired spirits. I like yes. that. I like that you it's guys are, are very kind that. name for things that did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> so then, are these things that we're going to get to try going to be skews, or 
So uh, yeah, so I mean, projects. a lot of them are finishing barrels of certain products, um, and then you know we have a brandy on the list mm. that we're still kind of aging and playing with, but we have enough of it that I would like to sell it. Okay, do not we... just hang on to to money. <laughs> right. What is a finishing barrel? I don't know if we ever really addressed that on the show yet. Like, what's the difference uh, between that? Yeah. And... So I mean, particularly in in america and i guess scotland too but um you know your your whiskey spends its first part of its life in whatever usually american white oak barrel uh, mm-hmm. for american whiskey that's generally a new charred barrel and then scotch whiskey is is generally a you know once or twice used uh, and then to kind of bump up the flavor add something a little more interesting you can throw it in a finishing barrel so you'll see a lot of ports or sherries um I have a cognac barrel for you guys later. This oh. kind of other spirits, wines, things like that, whatever, kind of whatever you can get your hands on, throw it in and test it out. Okay, so it's kind of just a, a, a way to add a little a little deeper flavor range, possibly, and just figure figure what flavors kind of go well with other things? Yeah, exactly. And so how does uh, doing a barrel finish affect any age statements or anything like that? Uh, uh, it, it gets a little complicated if you talk about, um, you know, bourbon. I think it, it cuts out once you take it out of that new charred barrel. Um, but scotch or something, you know, it can keep going. However, the finishing barrel, because you're really there to add more sort of complexity, it's generally not that long, you know, three to six months or a year. Okay. Um, you're not going to get a 13 month old or 13 year old finishing barrel. <laughs> oh, okay. So in general, the the age statements are pre finishing barrel time. Then yeah. One one thing I think that's pretty interesting that I've I've heard rumors that the Scotch are starting to try is do the finishing barrel first. I guess huh. you probably can't call it a finishing barrel like that. But. <laughs> it's it, it's much cooler to do, though. Yeah. yeah. But so I, I guess their idea is that, you know, they age these spirits for, you know, 12, 13 years. Then they throw, throw it in a, you know, sherry barrel for three months and it totally changes. And they don't really have a good, you know, grasp of control on that hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. But by doing it first, you already have your sherry profile and then you can kind of work your, you know, your next 12 years out to age it more to the way you want it. Hmm. So they're just trying it. So, you know, we'll know in 10 years if it works. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't continue doing it, then that's going to be really, or if they do continue doing it, assuming it's going to work, that's going to be a real expensive uh, experiment if it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're not doing it on a one or two barrel scale. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a hard uh, transition, man, going from like kind of a more homebrewing background where you have, what, two weeks, maybe three weeks to wait and you figure out this works or this recipe doesn't work to something like distilling where things have to take a long time just by definition? Yeah. I, I was looking back at it recently and there's a lot of things that I've tried and then forgotten about. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so you know you you try a new technique during your mash and then you don't remember that you did that and you go back and you're like oh yeah that was a really good idea we should have kept that up <laughs> so, that, that's the hardest part i think but other than that um you know you just got to be patient and i still get to try it anytime i want but. yeah 
So is that how you guys conduct experiments? You'll just you'll you'll change your variable once for one batch and then just let it ride. And then if it no, turns I'll, out it I'll does generally work. do like a run of it, you know, 10, 12, 20, depending on what it is. Sometimes I just the hardest ones are where I'm pretty confident that they're going to work. Mm-hmm. So I just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always scary if that doesn't work. <laughs> like, like what? Yeah. Can you give me an example of something that you, you were super confident in and then it just didn't really didn't really pan out and you have, what, 20 barrels of this? Um, yeah, I mean, last last couple of years we've changed our water profile a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like brewing, it's a humongous percentage of your ingredient. So changing from, you know, filtered to non-filtered, we went non-filtered to filtered, obviously. Um, I don't want to sound crazy. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> That's a wild best experiment. Thing, best thing yeah. we ever did is throw a filter out. Yeah. But, you know, trying to decide, okay, so we're filtered now. What kind of salts do we use? And, and you know, that that's the kind of thing where I don't want to have a batch. If I'm pretty confident about, all right, I want, you know, this amount of gypsum and, and whatever, um, and it's going to end up making this. And then, you know, I don't want to go a year doing that and then kind of realize, oh, wait, that was definitely the wrong way to go. We should have scaled back instead of scaled up. Right. Hmm. And so you're talking about you make uh, mineral adjustments from the beginning. Not You're not talking about in the water that you're using to proof down at the end of the process. No, no. We, we generally use RO, although we are experimenting a little bit um, with kind of playing around with that. I sat in on a webinar recently about you know everyone has just for years ro is the only way to proof down and now they're kind of finding well you know taste wise that may not always be the case clarity wise hmm. is another issue but mm-hmm. i would i generally fall in the as you know let's make it taste better first and then we can work on on appearance <laughs> right <laughs> and and what is that adding to to not have distilled water just the kind of mineral i think it would just stuff? be mouthfeel yeah uh, in general they mm-hmm. one of the things they were saying was uh especially in uh, i think bourbon when you when you were dropping in you know ro water to proof it down ro itself would um but just by itself kind of reacted with some of the the chemicals in the whiskey uh, to create more of a green grassy flavor, which especially mm. if it's, you know, craft guys were usually a little bit younger of a whiskey, that's, you know, makes us taste even younger then. So, right. Right. And we always don't have the best clarity to begin with. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we just bite the bullet and, <clears throat> and go on that. But I, I had one of my guys, you know, doing the research on it. And he was like, well, it looks like the RO you know, you have this water softener that takes out all these minerals, and now we want to. You want to put an alkalizer on the other side of the membrane to add them back in, and it doesn't. You know, off the top of your head, it doesn't sound like that makes a lot of sense. No. But mm-hmm. again, trying to get, you know, mouthfeel, body, just that kind of extra flavor, just eke everything we can out of it. Okay, so it's more of of going through the process without without those minerals and whatever, and then you add them back in to, to boost everything and kind of round it out. Yeah, and at least right. I can okay. have control on the back end. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, Nashville water is not pretty, so <laughs> I'd rather strip it with. out and then, and then fix it on the back end. Okay. But brand new experiment, we haven't, we have no results. 
I, I could be talking just a load of garbage right now. Um, you know, <laughs> I would prefer it if, if you did. That would be great. And then everyone's yeah. just all mad at this interview. Colin doesn't know what he's talking about because four years ago he said this. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't hope that for you. But, uh, well, let's let's try something, Warren. We have we have yeah. a lot to go through. So let's let's just pour it all in one glass and just drink it. Oh, that's how we're going to do it. Yeah, that's how I prefer all to do it. All ten of these taste great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's uh, the first thing that we're drinking? I, we're going to start with the, their triple smoke new make. So I believe this is essentially just what comes right off the still before it goes into a barrel. Is yeah. That, yeah. So our, our triple smoke is our flagship. Um, we have a lot of products, but this one is the main one. Um, so the it's a 100% single malt, but it's the mash bill is a third peat smoke, a third beechwood smoke, and a third cherrywood smoke. So our version on a scotch whiskey americanized Hmm. i love it and so this is obviously not something that that you can sell or i don't do you do you sell this like was it a white whiskey is what it would be called yeah white whiskey white dog usually usually i try to stay away from calling it white lightning but (laughs) (laughs) that does very much sum up like uh you know tennessee right yes exactly (laughs) um a rundown mobile home and uh, yeah, I don't know. With some cool graphics on it. <laughs> That's very cool, yeah. Wow, the, the, the aroma is amazing. And honestly, it doesn't really smell to me like what I would, what I would equate with a, um, a, a new spirit. How so? I don't, I don't know. It, 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 it smells like it's, it, it's deep uh, um, in, in aromatics. Uh, there is, for me, a little bit of vanilla I get um, a little of that uh, confectioner sugary stuff that I would sort of equate with a barrel. Hmm. And I don't know why. Maybe I'm totally making that up. But it, it, if I was just smelling this, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. just a this is a whiskey. Turns out it's from the malt. Yeah. <laughs> Not the barrel. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, wow, that's amazing. And you guys do your, your smoking in-house, right? So not not for this one. Okay. This one we've been making since uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so we bought, you know, part of the reason we picked the ones that we did is that's what was commercially available. Right. You know, there were a couple others, but we kind of found what melded well, um, you know, what, what gave it a good finish, what which part, which smoke gave it a good, you know, mouth or middle and, mm-hmm. and nose and everything. Yeah. Then in, fast forward to 2014, um, one of our owners has a farm about 20 minutes out of town, and we took a shipping container and turned it into a giant smoker. Oh, jeez. Um, and then just started playing around with everything. Uh, Damn. You know, a lot of those went well. Um, we're going to try <laughs> Hydra later, which is a blend of, of many of those, and okay. a lot of them did not go well. Okay. All it's right. not in the blend. Uh, bamboo <laughs> smoke, turns out, is not very good. Bamboo so, smoke. Wow, you guys really were trying everything. <laughs> I would never have thought to smoke bamboo, but why, no. why the hell not, oh, man? Now you know it's not worth it. <laughs> now we know. All right, let me yeah. try this. Yeah. I haven't even tried this um, yet. What do you think about it? I am. One? This is the first time getting to try uh, any new make with peat smoked malt in it. And from what I've heard people talk about is that it's just so unbearable when it's fresh. So, so the scotch... Uh, so the Scotch run their new make just deep, deep, deep into tails because oh. tails can tails can you know over the years turn into these beautiful aromas and flavors. Mm-hmm. They don't start out that way. Okay, <laughs> um, and especially you get a lot more smoke 
in the tails as well because that's where all the phenols are. Okay. Um, we we generally use small barrels, um, fifteen and thirty gallons. So we have so we don't have thirteen years. Plus, we don't have the money to <laughs> lay down barrels for thirteen years. Well, yeah. no. Um, so we generally, I have to make our cuts much stricter and more conservatively. Okay. Um, which is so we have to kind of make our spirit drinkable off the still and then you know make it better in the barrel right and that was kind of my point is that interesting this is totally drinkable right <laughs> yeah, off the still right yeah that's what i'm saying I, it's how old is this when did you run this that that new make yeah, yeah. uh i uh two weeks three weeks ago gee it does not it doesn't taste like that to me it's not burny there's a lot of flavors it's mm-hmm. smooth yeah yeah, I, and and still, there's still some sweetness, which again I I equate. I'm glad you sent this because because it, it for for me at least, um, it, the way that I taste stuff it, for me it's it's. What am I trying to say, Warren? I'm I'm realizing that how much I attribute to a barrel character mm-hmm. is maybe more attributed to the malt instead, and how and the cuts and how they will run versus everything you pick up in the barrel there definitely is a difference between wood sugars like vanillins and things like that and they yeah. do add sweetness mm-hmm. but yeah the, there definitely is a particular flavor contribution that comes from the malt sweetness and yeah. this is a great example of that and, and that's rad. even how it balances at this age with the smoke phenols coming from the peat and the beech wood um and yeah i would drink this as white dog. Yeah, you guys got to sell this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, I, that's one of those products I think, yeah, we we could get people to buy a bottle once, but they'd never mm. buy a second bottle. Oh. Just a terrible business model. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. But it, <laughs> it takes you even less time than any of the other whiskeys. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that, that one bottle will be such low cost. Uh, right. It would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, so then what's the second uh, the second spirit, Warren? So uh, this uh, is the regular triple smoke. So this is same as the new make, except aged in a barrel. Okay. How long were these uh, aged for? Uh, I think I took this out of our sort of blending tank, mm-hmm. uh, which we kind of – it's a tank solera where if we're going to bottle something, we'll pull some off the bottom and then you know add another barrel or two on top. Um but generally, our barrels will go, if it's 15-gallon barrel, it'll be about eight months or so on average. And a 25- or 30-gallon barrel will be a year to a year and three months. So quick. you know. Yeah. But My experiments barrels. are at least only have to go a year, like <laughs> we were talking about earlier, versus 10, 13 years. And the climate there is fairly warm, too, so you get pretty quick maturation, I would imagine, also. Yeah, especially yeah, definitely in the summer, and then it it does get cold. Um, I remember when I did the internship, I I'd never been to Tennessee, and I, I didn't bring a coat. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. <laughs> uh, I've made some errors. <laughs> One of them is no coat. This I I I like this a lot. It's bright. Mm-hmm. tasting it's not um weighed down too much and, and 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 again because we have the new make i can really choose these things and pick these apart now mm-hmm. i can i notice them more i guess i notice a lot of the malt profile 
come through over the barrel. And I think a lot of a lot of whiskeys don't do that. And you would think being have three smoke malts, you'd think that would be impossible to tell the difference and everything would kind of blend together. But it doesn't. It's very bright in the middle. It's not heavy. It's not over oaked, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now you can actually taste the wood sugar extraction yeah, yeah. compared to what the malt and the, sugar is. And, the, and, the, and the, the tannins in there, too. Mm-hmm. Would you, if you were handed these blind and couldn't see that one was clear and one was brown, would you guess that they were the same or even related? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I have the palate. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough experience. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I mean, would you just be like, oh yeah, yeah. this is a newer version of the other? Hmm. I thought you were asking me. I was like, oh god, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's your job to know. Yeah. Um, would I be able to? I don't think I would. Yeah, I think they're significantly different. Yes, but the the second embodies the first. Like it's very clear that they're the that they're the same when you taste them side by side. Oh sure, but I I I don't think I could do here. You know, taste this and then here taste this and are these related? Yeah. So yeah. do you guys notice that the the smoky character goes down in the aged yes. versus the new make? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So now now you know extrapolate that out to thirteen years from now. So think about what the scotch have to start with, and again, <laughs> unbearable. That's why it's undrinkable at the beginning, <laughs> right? Jeez, especially if you got like a Lafroy Gerard bag. If you're, oh my god, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what those are. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. And so, is it? Are they doing it because of it's an efficiency thing? Because if they're going that far into the tails, then they're just really squeezing every bit of alcohol out. So I'm gonna spread a rumor I heard. Hell I don't yeah. know that this is true. Let's but... go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I heard that they're taxed based off raw ingredient, mm. which would make sense why they go so deep. Ah, that, okay. That may not be true, but it it made sense, so I'm going to keep <laughs> sure. going. You heard it here first, yeah. folks. Hey, yeah. You know what? Until someone tells you you're wrong, you're right, man. Yeah. That's yeah. just the way you got to look at life. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so, too. What's the what's the third spirit here, Colin? Uh, Colton, sorry. Colton, Colton sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Stupid. That's okay. You have ten spirits. Yeah, I'm trying to do too much at yeah, once, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're only two in. It's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Frank. <laughs> the hell's going on? So uh, the third, the third one yeah. uh, is just 100% peat smoke. We decided to, one, you know, for fun, but two, to kind of get a better feel of what each smoke was bringing into triple smoke Yes. as a whole to kind of split up the mashes, do... Single cherry, single beechwood, single peat. I only sent you the peat because the other barrels were too hard to get to. (laughs) Um, I I can appreciate that, honestly. So this is just 100% peat smoke. It's a little young because we only did this experiment about six months ago, and this one is in a 25-gallon barrel. Um, But it gives you a really good idea of, you know, taste that next to the triple smoke, and you'll start picking up, you know, all the peat on the back end of the normal triple smoke. Oh, yeah. um, and then notice how the nose is, especially the nose, I think, is different for normal triple smoke versus just a, a peated single malt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> it's much more smoky, much more intense, and I it, think. And it, yeah, it's a lot more in line with the smoke intensity of the new make. Yes. I think it's still a little bit more, even in, in its aged version, but it's definitely closer mm-hmm. than the than the normal triple smoke. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the normal triple smoke 
like I said, kind of had the, the tannins and it was a little, uh, you know, brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't have as much of that sweetness as that new make. Um, but this one has all of those things. It, it, it has some of that sweetness. It doesn't have as much tannin to it. Um, am I, am I wrong, Warren? Help oh, me no, out. I was just kind of comparing the, the body. Yeah. To me, I'm not sure if it's directly related to just having the smoky phenols, but to me, this tastes like it's fuller and mm. thicker. So, yes. so I think that might be, um, I, I kind of screwed, not screwed, but screwed with the experiment a little bit, uh, knowing this was going to be a hundred percent peat and I wanted it to age out a little bit longer. I did go a little deeper into tails than I normally would. And as you get farther into tails, you're getting more oils and things like that. Um, which are going to add to your body in the end. Mm. Uh. Did you know how good my palate was, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I had heard rumors, um, but I didn't know until this moment in time. I mean, I got your emails. Finally. Yeah. You actually read those? <laughs> well, but I didn't believe them. Oh, okay. You know, it's like Colton's weird story about the sky. I, you, you know, I didn't believe that. You either. moved it right to your spam <laughs> folder. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Junk mail. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Man, yeah. so far, I'm super in love with these spirits. Yeah. I really enjoy them a lot, and I wish that I didn't have to drive. <laughs> well, you don't have to. <laughs> no, I have to. You have to? Yes. Okay. Just call Taryn. She'll come pick you up. <laughs> Load the kid in the car. Yeah. You got to go pick up drunk dad. <laughs> and so you said this is only about six months in the barrel and that you were thinking about uh, aging this one longer than normal. What are you hmm. thinking? Is this going to be like a five-year? <laughs> yeah. What do you hope to get out of it? Uh, this one, what I'd like to do is take – we have a couple of these. I'd like to do you know, our, our normal sort of year or so in the 25-gallon mm-hmm. and then take two of them and blend them into a bigger um, used barrel, much a la scotch style, mm-hmm. um, and then let it age out a little bit longer. So I don't – I'm always afraid of over-extracting, especially on our smaller mm-hmm. new barrels. And so all of these are, are new American oak barrels. Yeah. Correct. Do you, do you use the same char or toasting for all of them, or are you blending? Uh, generally, we've been playing around with it a little bit, but again, that's one of those things that just it kind of takes time to decide if you like it, and by then I've, I've had 10 samples and forgot about it. <laughs> forgot what the original test yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening, man. It'll probably be like yeah. the show, like eight tasting number eight like i don't even know what we're doing anymore yeah there's a reason we don't record multiple episodes <laughs> yeah that was a very conscious thing we're like well could we do two shows in a d-? no <laughs> we can't i don't think we can no definitely not um colton what's the next spirit we should try so i believe staying with triple smoke we'll go mm-hmm. to the let's do yeah we'll go to the uh cognac finished okay mm-hmm. and we can do these next to the cognac and then Triple smoke and port quickly just to okay. what? move things along. But the point of them is just, you know, it's the same triple smoke that you tasted as just our general one, but, you know, spent about three to four months in a, a finishing barrel. This one being cognac, the next one will be port. What is a cognac? Forgive the stupid question, but uh, I would like to know. It is a brandy made in the cognac region of France. Hmm. Oh, and so only always cognac from region of France. What's that Say one? It oh, sorry. sorry, it's always from grapes as well. Like it's yes. a grape branding. Yeah. yeah, there is. Um, oh, I'm blanking on it. 
there's an apple brandy um, also around there that's uh, what's it called? Oh, Calvados. Okay. Oh, okay. I've yeah. heard that. So Calvados is apple before. brandy, and then okay. cognac mm-hmm. is um, grape brandy. Okay. And it, they're, it's generally mm-hmm. only one or two grapes. I, I can't remember for the life of me which two of those are. <laughs> it's from the French. Or they'll, they'll change it on you tomorrow. It's fine. Uh, this, uh, oddly enough, tastes a little smokier. Mm. Like a little more um, focused smoke, I suppose. I can earthy, see that, like an earthy smoke. Hmm. But if that if that makes even more sense, even less sense, probably. Probably, um, to me, it, it adds more complexity in the, the wood character. Hmm. Like I get a lot more um, depth of, of tannins. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense being a cognac barrel, like French oak, to where where it's not just kind of like the the American oak with wood sugars and some tannin to kind of dry it out in the finish but where it's just tannins throughout um, and i really enjoy they're 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 definitely different um yeah but i, I enjoy this it, to me it kind of lightens it up um overall. yeah it adds it adds a little bit of you know fruitiness mm-hmm. um and then you know combine that with the smoke and they kind of play against each other where you know, the port one's going to be much darker and i I would imagine heavier. Yeah, I just on the palate. Yeah, I, I just tried that. To me, it, it actually tastes hotter. It's the it's the it's the first spirit that I've had that actually is has like a hotness for for me on my palate to it. Um, but it is it is kind of a darker darker flavors, maybe darker wood sugars. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that has to do with the port in there. And I know what port is, so at least I got that going for me. Right, it's where ships go. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, Port Authority. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I like it. I it, I'm not as big of a fan of the port version, and I think it's be, maybe because of those darker flavors. I I kind of like those lighter, mm-hmm. the lighter malt flavors to come through. Yeah, it's definitely a heavier whiskey mm-hmm. too. Um, and this one has more of the uh, kind of grapefruity flavors, even though they're darker than necessarily adding oak character like the. Uh, cognac barrel did yeah um yeah i think i think it had quite a bit of port left in the barrel mm -hmm. comparatively um so this one actually i let it go a little too long and it was just this super tannic just hot mess uh so i ended up siphoning some out and then adding some from the uh blending tank back in Mm -hmm. to kind of even it back out a little bit that work out for you it sounds like it didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try it again. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> How many barrels do you guys have at, at any one given time? Uh, about two to three hundred, maybe. I'm and that's f- that's wow. not a lot if when you know thinking about that they're only fifteen gallons. Yeah, I would have thought you'd. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that would be in the thousands for some reason. Because I guess just of all the stuff you guys are doing and and different ways you're playing around with uh, with product. That doesn't seem like a whole lot. Well, That's you, nice. And you guys have multiple locations, right? We do, yes. So we started in Kentucky, um, Davidson County, where Nashville is, had prohibition laws that weren't going to allow us to open there. Mm. So we started in Kentucky, immediately came down and started lobbying the state, state legislature saying, you know, hey, guys, 
was a really bad move on your part. You just lost out on jobs. Right. They heard the word jobs and changed the law. <laughs> uh, 2010, we were able to open up our first location in Nashville, and now we have another one a couple miles um, away, and then we just bought a new building um, in a third section of town that is going to be a giant facility. Oh, what are you going to do there? Uh, that'll be bourbons and, wow. and rye whiskeys and nice. the big stuff. Are you running that too? Are you staying uh, in this facility, or, or how do, how does that work? With if you have multiple... I like to bounce around. They're only yeah? three miles apart. So oh, okay. I can bounce around all day. Hell yeah! And you guys have a brewery there too, also. <laughs> yes, uh, a gigantic one barrel. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, you, you, you guys it's need humongous. To, you guys need to slow down. I mean, that's just. I think you... some of your home brewers brew more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Not legally, of course, because 200 <laughs> gallons is the official federal limit, and, uh, you know, <laughs> right. we don't break laws here. Right. So 2.7 barrels. Or no, they could be a six-barrel sure. set up and just brew once a year. Yeah, why not? That's fine. That's plausible. Are you so, yeah, when we when we first moved in, I think this is the facility Warren visited uh, during CBC. When we first moved down to Nashville, we took over from a brewery that was leaving, um, Yazoo. They were oh, yeah. expanding. We moved in, bought some of their old equipment. That's why we make a lot of single malts as well. Okay. Um, and that, that brewery came with a tap room. Initially, we just kind of we kept the tap room going for cash flow reasons. Um, and then we're like, hey, why don't we just add a brewery in here too? We've already got the customer base coming in. So. Hell yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we know uh, Brandon Jones over there at the Yazoo. Yeah. It's yeah. a sour program. He's a good dude. That's cool. I mean, I, you know, I love how equipment just kind of bounces around. And, uh, and you know, gets used. And I don't know. I like it. I don't know why. So then does that mean that you guys uh, louder all of your uh, whiskey mashes? So it's it's why we have multiple facilities. Um, everything that I sent you, and I'd say 80% of our whiskeys, we are loudering. Um, but, you know, the second facility was opened up so we could do more bourbon-type mm-hmm. whiskeys. Why wouldn't you la- – what's the difference? Like why wouldn't you? Corn corn does not lend itself to loudering very well. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you know, and it requires the the cooking process, so it's easier just to grind it up into a flour and you know boil it before the mash and keep everything in there. Okay, and then put your put your agitators on your still and kind of filter the liquid out that way while you're distilling it versus prior. Hmm. Hey, I'm all for easy stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> if it makes your life easier, let's go for it. If it tastes like this, it can be easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Are you running the uh, the home uh, not the home Jeez, <laughs> I'm like mixing my friggin' jobs now. Um, are you running the brewery side at all, or are you just strictly? Uh, I spirits? try to stay away. I'll occasionally go and play, but mm. um, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. You're making enough stuff. You don't need to make yeah. more stuff. I'm already bouncing around all day. I don't need a third <laughs> activity. Yeah. Do you uh, work with the brewing side and maybe, you know, work on mashes or, hey, it'd be cool to run, you know, a IPA or, I don't know, whatever, through the still and see what happens and kind of play around that way? A little bit. We do mostly, I would say, uh, or the majority of what we're doing is giving them barrels back to age the beer in. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 gallon barrels. It's perfect for a one barrel brewery. Just give them two. Right. <laughs> See that quick math I just did? Wow. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, we we found that works a little bit better. We we've played around with a lot of hop whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Again, that's I think the prime example of someone will buy it once and you'll never see them again. <laughs> yes, that's, that's my opinion. That's probably true, man. That's probably yeah. True. They're interesting to try at a tasting bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You can, you can make some really cool cocktails with them. Yeah, I think I made a. I think it was. I forget because it was a long night. But I made a version of a mai tai mm. with a hop whiskey. Uh, it worked out pretty well. It was cool. But you know, I, I feel like uh, the hop aromas and the flavors are going to diminish because I don't go through whiskey bottles nearly as fast as I probably should, or maybe most other people do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I don't know. A, a year that bottle isn't going to be as vibrant. <laughs> It's not like a beer. Right. You keep an IPA on your shelf in a year. It's not going to be as vibrant. <laughs> you know me and storing IPAs. Yes. <laughs> One thing I haven't seen kind of on the, the hopped whiskey tangent. Um, oh. And since I haven't seen it, I'm going to claim the idea. Um, <laughs> why, I'm wondering why somebody hasn't tried using some sort of hop as a botanical in a gin. I've seen it. Oh, you have? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. We made a smoked hopped gin. There you go. Oh, glad I gave you the idea. Colton did it, dude. <laughs> and I bet it was great. How did it turn out? Why you haven't seen it. So. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, it, was, it was weird. It was, yeah. uh, it was a whole hodgepodge of craziness. What was weird? Was it the hop that was weird or the smoke that was weird? Like, what uh, stood yeah, kind of trying to, trying to figure out how to play around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our guys did a second experiment of that where he, he subbed out the smoked malt for... Uh, smoked tea. And I thought that actually mm-hmm. blended a little bit better. Hmm. Um, gave it a little deeper, more complex flavor. Still, again, it, it's, there's just not a market for it. Okay. Yeah. It, like it's it, it's just too hard of a sell. You, you'll find some guys who are really excited about it, but <laughs> those dudes are weird. As far as I've seen it go. So. Yeah. Okay. We don't actually cater to weirdos, so we try to <laughs> yeah. stay away from all that huh. shit. It's just not. Yeah, so it's the guy who makes quinoa whiskey. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's well, a, that's a hit. I mean, you yeah, know. that's a particularly large group of weirdos. That are <laughs> that's into quinoa true. Look, if you're into quinoa, you 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 pretty much have a a, a larger take home salary. I think I don't know why. <laughs> Which is one of my we always, we always used to run into these problems where, especially when we first came out with it and got a little bit of press over a couple of years, you know, trying to plan our stock of quinoa for the year, <laughs> we'd, we'd feel like we had a pretty decent handle on what the case sales were going to be. And then Gwyneth Paltrow would tweet about it. Oh. And, and oh, we would just really? be immediately out. And it's not like you can just, you know, make more and have it ready, <laughs> right? So yeah. Planning that strategic, you know, stockpiling never works out for me. That's so, cool. So you haven't uh, direct messaged her to coordinate her <laughs> yeah. tweets with your <laughs> uh, production schedule? The campaign. Yeah. yeah. She's using it as her goop yeah. platform or whatever, that weird healthcare. <laughs> oh, right. <clears throat> you pour this, you know, in your ear and you'll have instantly blonde hair. It'd be great. Quinoa whiskey. Quinoa yeah. whiskey. There we go. <laughs> uh, what are we drinking here, Warren? Tell me. Tell me uh, what this is. This one's called Rhymageddon. Rhymageddon. In all caps. Ah. All right. So Rhymageddon. <laughs> Let's talk uh, Rhymageddon, Colton. What's going on here? Let me find my little bottle of it right. so I can drink along with you. Hell yeah. Uh, so Rye is our other, uh, I would say, big whiskey or big seller. Um, it is a malted rye instead of, you know, generally what you're going to see in the, especially in the craft, um, well, I guess 
all scale whiskey produ- production. It's mostly raw rye from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, we, because we know we're going to be a little bit younger aged and everything. I think rye, rye, especially raw rye, takes a little longer to age out. Um, so getting that malting process, getting those caramelized, you know, sugars and kind of deeper flavors in there, really helps your younger whiskey taste older than it is. Hmm. Um, so it's sixty-one percent rye malt, then four percent chocolate rye, Ooh. and then the rest is just uh, the rest is um, just regular two-row malt. Mostly to help lauder because we do lauder this one. Okay. Yeah. Now that you mention it, the the, the chocolate rye I can pick up because there there was kind of a I don't want to say roasty necessarily, but I will just because mm-hmm. uh, quality to it that I would have assumed just came from the barrel. But once you say, of course, chocolate, well, then now I I, I get the chocolate rye, you kind of higher kiln malt thing yeah. going on yeah I, and only at four percent i mean it really comes through yeah i love chocolate malt in beers i love using it in my beers it, I, I think it's it's amazing um i really wish that they would call it something else yes because explaining to <laughs> your average consumer oh then this has chocolate rye in it and then now i have a flavored rye whiskey <laughs> immediately <laughs> in their minds that does not taste like chocolate at all so it's ruined right mm. right yeah, it's uh, that's good. I like this. Yeah, I like that that chocolate rye. I think really, it, it for me, it carries through in my palate, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of stays around in my mouth. And since I love that grain, yeah, it definitely is uh, something that it's helped getting to try uh, so many stouts that have been distilled and tasting different roasted grains in, in whiskey. Because otherwise, I'm not sure I would have picked that out from maybe necessarily like a, a yeah. heavily charred barrel. Right. Um, so one one thing I notice um, with the chocolate rise too is kind of like smoke. The chocolate character fades uh, as the age lengthens. Hmm. Um, so I think that's part of the reason you don't see it a lot in you know bigger whiskey production where their you know their minimum is four or six years or whatever and it's kind of faded out so there's there's no real point in going that route to begin with <laughs> okay well wow, that's good i and like you, it man and so like you said you use the same barrel treatment as far as like char 3 or whatever yeah. across yeah it's the generally board. char 3 okay what's next warning uh let's run through some of these cuz we're up we're this up is uh it. the hydra the the five smoked malts in ah, finished okay. with port barrels and you so mentioned the, so the hydra time. yeah the hydra's um the end result of our mass smoke experiments <laughs> uh, where basically we sat down a year and a half later and like oh god we have so many different smoked whiskeys what are we going to do with them we can't release these all individually uh so we kind of sat down and i had always or had been wanting to play around with blends a lot more or just blending whiskey in general. Yeah. Um, you know, picking, hey, this smoke gives you this, this gives you this. So this ended up as a five-smoke blend, uh, mostly uh, pecan smoke. Gives it kind of a oh. sort of salty, you know, nut, nutty-type character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So pecan, pecan smoke and then applewood, sugar maple, black walnut, and persimmon. Persimmon, persimmon smoked malt. So, and all all wood. It's, we're not smoking well, right. persimmons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is persimmon wood a thing? 
that people use to smoke like why <laughs> persimmon wood in the south those yeah those are those all are um semi-local okay so we'd actually get our hands on them no oh, yeah and we did help. our our owner derek bell actually wrote a book with all of our trials in it um so he did small trials on everything but when it came to the large scale we we could kind of only get what we could get locally yeah um so you know he did avocado wood and you know hawaiian something and you know they end up great but we're not shipping avocado wood across the country (laughs) (laughs) interesting that's in a book somewhere that people can buy yes yes uh firewater okay to check that out this uh, i i sound like a friggin broken record i like this yeah I really like I really like the blend. How what was the blend day? What's that day like? Or how long did it take for you to hit on this? Well, it's, it's a lot more than ten samples. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine, man. You just so like we kind of so the way we did it. I always make sure that I I always want at least two people to do a tasting. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the barrel is, you can't trust just one person. Even you know, I don't even trust myself mostly. So right, right. Well, I wouldn't either. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we all kind of sat down and silently tried all these, and we make our notes. Uh, we have a very great check, check plus and check minus system for mm. the initial test. It sounds and great. You kind of make your, you know, your notes on you know aroma and palate and finish and everything. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of sit down, talk about it, say, all right, well, everyone liked this. Nobody liked this. This one's out. Okay. And once we. Once we kind of dialed it down a little bit, then people started playing with blend percentages. Uh, so um, you go through individually to weed out the weaker, the weaker samples, something you don't want in your in your final blend, and then then you start drinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely then. Okay, and only then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, God. That that would just wreak havoc on my palate. I, I'd be sleeping on the grain in the back. There's no way. There's no yeah. way I'd be going anywhere. Small sips. Yeah, right. Uh, so the reason I put this in port, though, as well, um, what I found, what I kind of ended up finding was that with so many so many different smokes, it, it became almost one note where, mm-hmm. you know, there were pieces of each kind of smoke profile that I liked, but all I got out of the whiskey was smoke. The wood was covered up, you know, any of the um, – any of the – grain flavors or anything like that was all covered up mm-hmm. so i wanted to add something back in so i was like well it's a big heavy smoked whiskey we probably should throw it in one of those port barrels right yeah i have a, I have a, a bottle of normal hydra at home and just based off of memory i definitely agree um that the port does kind of really tone down the smoke intensity mm. okay this. similar to how we had in the triple smoke right right the port but um yeah this is normally a very smoky uh, whiskey. <laughs> Do you like in the port better? You prefer the port? Uh, I might actually like the normal version maybe a little bit more. Okay. I mean, I definitely agree that um, in, in this one, it's a, a bit easier to pick out the subtleties in the smoke, in the different smokes. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that you can definitely pick out at least a few in the, right. in the normal Hydra. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is very interesting, man. Do people do people like this? Are people taking to this? To the Hydra? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. It's we have it in much smaller quantities than like triple smoke or something. So it's a little more of a specialty. I think it comes with a, mm-hmm. a higher price point. Um, sure. So yeah, sure. We we get plenty of people very interested. But I, w- I would imagine it's a one-off. The a large version. one-off, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had a Hydra's lot of a one-off trials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now nah, we'll we'll make it again, but I, I think what I'd like to see happen with it. Um, so. You know, don't hold me to this, even mm-hmm. though it's being recorded. Yeah, too late. Uh, is, is kind of treat this more as almost a seasonal where we can pull in different woods and mm. and blend, make new smoke blends, and just kind of keep keep feeding the beast. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Know. I mean, you know, and then you can then you can do your avocado wood, and, and you know, we're in yeah, California, exactly. so we get paid in avocado wood. So I yeah. feel like we can just ship it <laughs> yeah. out there. It's abundant. How much do you need? Yeah, I move it out of the uh, out of the way when I leave the co- you know leave the the house. It's just <laughs> everywhere. Well, yeah, we would definitely appreciate it. Here, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail it over right now. Um, what's next, Warren? Next, we have an apple brandy. We're kind of shifting oh, gears. Yeah. Yeah, after cool. all these smoked whiskeys, I thought right. we'd go with a nice, light brandy. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great because we've mentioned apple brandy a few times, so uh, this is uh, this is good. So how do you make apple brandy, uh, briefly, and then, uh, you know, let's drink it. So, I mean, we're basically, we're, you know, we made cider. Um, I think one of the main differences is we made it as much as we could without any preservatives. Um, you know, like sulfur or things like that. Okay. Sulfur and distilling don't don't go well together. They don't mix. What happens? Uh, you know, sulfur tastes like and smells like rotten eggs, and oh, okay, you don't want your spirits to do that. <laughs> I guess I would have thought it w- it, w- it wouldn't come through, or uh, but apparently. It's, so right. It... So the reason reason all stills have some copper in it is that copper can react with the sulfur and kind of scrub it out. Oh, but when you when you start you know, adding large doses to you know kill all the microbes in your in your juice. Yeah, that's just too much for it to handle at that point. Um, okay, so it can come through. Okay, uh, and it, it gives it just a very bitter, harsh, um, just unpleasant aroma flavor. Mm-hmm. Every every part of the experience is is unpleasant. Are you super focused on fermentation um, profiles in 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 the cider, knowing that you're going to run it through the still? Or does that not really matter when making a brandy like that? No, we definitely still focused on, you know, everything beyond that. And I I would say we had to be even more vigilant because mm. we didn't have the opportunity to kill off all the microbes that came in on the juice. Right. Okay. Are the are there apples that grow in Tennessee? Where did you get these apples? Uh, I believe that they are. Um the, these were we we bought this from a um, from a juicer I guess a local to Tennessee juicer that I I don't know that everything came from Tennessee but at least the hmm. surrounding sort of southeastern states okay um, I think you know tasting the juice especially we we all generally you know would immediately assume oh it's got to be you know cider apples for hard cider mm-hmm. tasting the juice it was definitely a lot of sweet apples in there. It was kind of what he could get his hands on. Mm, right. Um, but I found that actually worked out well for us in the end. What What about it did uh, Did you like about that I just that like, choice? I like how much sweetness, you know, it, apple brandy is going to be sweet anyways, but yeah. just the mm-hmm. sort of extra sweetness that came through. Um, and then to so this one, we made about, 
I don't know, 240 gallons of it in the end. Wow. Um, so we put it in four four different barrels, and this is where we got to do a little more experimenting, where we had a couple different French oak, but also a Hungarian and a Russian oak barrel. Um, so the next hmm. spare we're going to try that was taken out of this apple brandy barrel, um, the hickory smoke, this one, this was the Russian barrel, which okay. was by far the best. And so this is a hickory smoked whiskey that you put into... Well, I don't know if you guys have moved that far. Oh. There is apple brandy. Yes. Yes. Once that was done yeah, aging, yeah. then I poured some hickory smoke uh, okay. whiskey okay. into it. Ah. Right, so that's coming up. And then put it in a Russian oak barrel. Yeah. yeah. I can taste the collusion from here. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, the, the apple brandy the is... Putin. That's right. Yeah. I, put, I put it in there. Um <laughs> The apple brandy, I I like it. It's and maybe it's the reflection of the you know the other spirits we've had, but I don't get a whole lot of sweetness. Now, I think did you guys really proof dry. it down way far? Just to eighty. Um, yeah. So I've found that that spirit in particular falls apart below a hundred. Okay. Oh. Um, did you use all of it? No. Uh, no. So there's no. Try way. it. Try it later. After. Okay. After okay. We'll do that. Fair. We'll yeah. do that. Do you do you sell the apple brandy on site as well, or is that just something to fart around with? Uh, we have not yet. We haven't made a label or anything for it. We're okay. not sure if we want to keep it in that, you know, our general branding style mm-hmm. at the moment. You know, it's all that sort of Reservoir Dogs um, style that you guys were talking about, but we've never yeah. done a brandy before either. Right. Okay. Um, so this is an opportunity to see if we want to. Yeah, try something new. Is that weird uh, to just you know you have a spirit and you're kind of just waiting for marketing essentially? And you're uh, to me, I would be like, let's. I, just, I want to get people to drink this. I want to get people to try this. Why? You I know, don't push it because you know. you know the longer they're waiting, the more it's aging. Mm-hmm. That's so, a bonus. Know, the for more you. it's developing, you know, crazy flavors I'm not expecting, and you know, generally age is better. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to wait and not push it. You're cool with it. Yeah. It makes it makes your job better, easier, I yeah. guess. <laughs> All right. Uh let's move on to the to the smoke. Now the um the apple brandy, you put hickory smoke. No, so this, this is again, this is another trial from the farm. Right. Um of the original smokes, hickory was the only one that we felt was really a standout as a single smoke so we actually do make a hickory smoked whiskey that we sell okay just solely hickory smoke yeah okay it's called wildfire we named it before um the cinnamon craze so Mm. we may need to rethink that oh like the the cinnamon flavored whiskeys yeah they're all something fire right 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 now people are like, I can't taste a whole lot of cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are really bad at this. Two stars. Yeah. It doesn't your chocolate doesn't taste like chocolate. <laughs> your fire doesn't taste like cinnamon. Right. Come on. It's another really good spirit. Wow. Hmm. Everything seems very balanced. It's very, it, I don't say very sweet, but the, the sweetness comes through. But that tannin kind of comes in right at the end with some of that hot alcohol mm-hmm. and just kind of cleans everything up for me. Yeah, I think in this one, uh, and now I taste cinnamon because you guys have been talking about cinnamon. Because <laughs> to me, just based off of using it in, in grilling and barbecuing, hickory is a pretty aggressive smoke. And so to me, the, the hickory in, comes yeah. kind of in at the finish and just 
kind of cleans everything up. So even though you do get some of uh, the sweetness from the barrel, from the whiskey, from the from the apple brandy, the last thing I get is just like a little bit of hickory smoke. And I really like that little surprise at the end. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Hey, hickory. Yeah. Thanks for having so one me. Of the, one of the things that I wanted to work really hard on was mm-hmm. we already had triple smoke. We already have Hydra, two huge smoke, you know, hugely smoked whiskeys. Part of having the smoker was that we have a little bit more control on our smoke profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried to make hickory a little bit more nuanced of a smoke. Um, which okay. sounds like might have actually worked. <laughs> I think so in this one. Yeah, I really like it. I like that. That's really good. And so this is still uh, unreleased so far, correct? Uh, this The Apple finished one is unreleased, but right. uh, Wildfire is our hickory smoke, and that is out yeah. in the market. Okay. And then I have a clear spirit in my glass at the very end here, the very last taste. What I don't think it? it's fire. Uh, the gin. Oh, yeah. So we make other things besides whiskey. Uh, we do <laughs> vodka, gin, rum, absinthe. Um, tried some other things, but I'd say that's the core at least. Okay. Vodka, gin, absinthe. That's, uh, man, you guys do, I think, everything. I think you do everything. We don't mess with liqueurs a whole lot. Hmm. Um, yeah, but that's That's, just, that's a whole other headache. Yeah. No one wants those anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's business time. That's right, yeah. Got your suit on. It, you know, one of the things I think, I, I don't know if California is the same way, but when we were starting um, our tasting room, we could kind of, you know, in Tennessee, we could 